Amen. Let's, get, <clears throat> let's make that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, let's make that choice this morning. <clears throat> let's make that choice this morning to get our hopes up. And, and in order to do that, I want to share an amazing testimony. In fact, I, I don't want to share it. I want Marky to share it. But um, what we're going to do for a few minutes is when we release testimony, we don't release it simply to go, what a neat story about Jesus. We release testimony because we believe that anything he's ever done for anyone, he can do for you. Anyone that he's ever done anywhere, he can do here. And anything he's ever done at any time, he can do now. And so we're going to continue to worship in a few minutes. But in that place, we're going to have uh, the ministry team up here in this corner. We cleared some space. And um, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for physical healings to take place. We want to pray for mental healings to take place. We want to pray for heart healings to take place. We want to pray for emotional healing to take place this morning, that the testimony of what God has done would rise our hopes, getting our hopes up, operating and stepping out in faith. And sometimes the catalyst for that is simply hearing an incredible story of something that Jesus has done. So don't sit down on me. Let's stay standing for just a minute. And uh, I mean, unless uh, you don't have to stand. It's not like I'm re required standing in church, but don't check out is what I should say. Um, Marky, come, come, and, come and tell this story. Um, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Okay. Crying's okay. Okay. Um, so my name's Marky. Um, I'm in leadership in the church here, but I've had to step back the last year and a half because I was very sick. Um, up until yesterday. <laughs> A year and a half ago, I got a, a disease called Guillain-Barre. It's a um, very rare neurological immunological disorder where your um, own immune system attacks your nervous system and basically eats it. Um, so a year and a half ago, I got it. And um, thankfully, it goes away sort of on its own, but it takes a long time. Some people, it takes years to recover. Um, and it's very just destroys your, can destroy your life. I mean, I couldn't do anything that I was able to do before. I couldn't take care of my little girl, my four-year-old. I couldn't be the wife I wanted to be to my husband. I couldn't be the friend I wanted to be to my friends. And um, I was uh, um, in December, or January 2nd uh, of this year, so I was about 95% better um, from the first round that I got last January, and I got it again which is a 5% chance of getting it again. Um, it was the worst day of my life, realizing that it had come back. And I was in the hospital for three weeks. I was paralyzed from the waist down. My arms had limited mo motion, limited movement, limited ability. Um, I had to learn how to walk again. And um, yesterday, well, and I mean, not to mention all the emotional things, you know, all of the, like, dealing with, I can't be with my baby again. I can't be the wife I want to be my husband again. I can't be the friend I want to be again. Jesus, you ha have you left me? Jesus, what is happening? Why is this happening again? It's not supposed to be possible, you know? And um, God stuck with me. And I stuck with God. Every day was a choice to say, Jesus, I love you. I know you have forgotten me. I know I feel lonely, and I know I feel like I am forgotten, but I know 
that you have not forgotten me. And he would always remind me time after time that I was not forgotten. And he would always, he would always tell me, it only takes one person to come up to you and pray for you, and you could be better. And that's what happened to me yesterday. I was in my wheelchair yesterday, yesterday morning. Um, I was wheelchair bound uh, for about four months. Um, and wheelchair bound and also using a walker, which like for a 29 year old, you know, normally healthy person, that doesn't fit into people's minds. Um, and I was in my wheelchair yesterday because my legs, I couldn't lift my legs off the ground. Which I can't now. <laughs> And I just want, it's so easy to discount this story in your mind and be like, oh, maybe she was making this up. Maybe she was making up this disease. People, I had no reflexes in my legs. Mm -hmm. You cannot make that up. Yep. That is involuntary. Yeah. You can talk to my doctor. <laughs> and um, yesterday, my husband and I went to coffee, which is a miracle in and of itself because we were fighting yesterday morning. <laughs> and, uh, and, we decided to go on a date. We, we always go to Noble in Ashland, Noble Coffee. It's amazing. But we decided yesterday, my husband, which is this is not like him at all, to be like, let's try something different. <laughs> He's the most linear person in the world. And so to try something different, that doesn't happen. And he was like, I don't feel like going there. Let's go somewhere new. And then <laughs> so we went to a, a co different coffee shop in Ashland. We, I wheeled in there. We were playing cards and hanging out and talking about life. And yesterday, to make the story more poignant, was the, one of the hardest days we've had. I mean, it was just like we were realizing how difficult it's been. We were, were just maybe starting to come out of survival mode. We were dead. I mean, we were like, Jesus, we're not going to be able to do this anymore. Like, just sort of thinking about being done and stepping away and just being like, Jesus, we're done. And um, <laughs> a girl said, um, well, she, we, we left the coffee shop in the 7-Eleven parking lot. And um, a girl walked up to us, and I was like, oh, she's going to want money. And <laughs> she, <laughs> she was uh, like, hi, my name is Jessica. I'm from South Africa. I'm going to school in Bethel and Reading and the ministry of the ministry school there and I was like yes you're not gonna ask for money and you're from Bethel you're gonna pray for me so she 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 was like yeah so I was just reading this book and it's sort of crazy I was reading this book right before you wheeled in and um I was reading this book about this woman who was in a wheelchair and she got prayed for and she got healed and she didn't ever need the wheelchair again. And I, you, then you, that second I finished that story, you walked in the, you're, you wheeled in the door. And Jesus was like, you need to pray for her. Um, we were going to make a few stops on the way to the coffee shop. We didn't do that. And I walked in, I wheeled in right at that second that she finished that story. And Jesus said, you need to pray for her. So she said, okay, Jesus. I'll pray for her. I don't know what her reaction is going to be. I don't know anything about her, but I'm going to pray for her. So she, she said, can I pray for you? And I was like, yes. <laughs> she said, actually, I'm an occupational therapist who works with people with Guillain-Barre, which is like, she's from South Africa, and that, like, most, most doctors don't even know what it is. People misdiagnose this for a long time sometimes because doctors don't know what Guillain-Barre is. 
And so she was like, for her, this was a big deal because she was like, Jesus, this is impossible. Like, the amount of ex exhaustion, the amount of, like, your cells stop making the proper amount of energy, your nervous system has been ravaged and wrecked. Like, she was like, okay, Jesus, I don't know, but I'll do it what you told me to. Um, and my legs started convulsing. Um, they were doing this on the floor, and I couldn't make it stop. My legs were contracting, the muscles were contracting involuntarily. Um, it was just my right leg at first, and I was like, why is it not happening to the left leg? And she stopped, and she prayed for my husband. And then she, we, we prayed for her and got her contact information and left. We were in, the tr in, in our truck. The other leg started doing it on the floor of our car. And I was like, this is me. Like, this is me. This can't be what's happening. Just trying to relax my legs. And I couldn't. No matter what I tried, I could not. And um, my muscles were contracting. It hurt really bad. And I was like, Jesus, swear word. Why does this hurt so bad? <laughs> and can you make it not hurt? But I mean, I guess when you're regrowing muscle, it hurts. So, um, so um, I... Man, Jesus just picked us up from a different trajectory and set us down on a completely new trajectory yesterday. Um, I told my husband, who was like, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> he's like I said, he's the most linear thinker ever. And he was like, this does not fit in any of my boxes. So um, I was like, I think we stopped at a park. And I was like, I want to get out. And I want to try to walk, because my legs had sort of calmed down. And they were still really sore. but. I, so I got out. I was in a wheelchair because my legs weren't working yesterday morning. And then I got out and I walked for the first time really in months and months and months. And then I was done walking. So I was like, um, I'm going to try to run. So I did a 50-yard dash. <laughs> and, and on Wednesday, I, I went to my physical therapist's office last Wednesday. I did about... 10 feet in, 20, it was 23 seconds. And do you have to do it, that test uh, back and forth? Ten, so I guess it's about 20 feet um, in 10 seconds to not be a fall risk. And I did it in 23 seconds. And um, so I had a long way to go. And um, now I can do whatever, 50 yard dash in the same amount of time it took me to do 10 or 20 feet. Come on. So Come I want to show you something. I want to show you something. So yesterday I was in, yesterday I was in a wheelchair. And if you think Jesus can't do for you what he did for me, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't lose hope in whatever circumstance you're in because he has breakthrough for you. That's all we are to see is my life. <laughs> Keep your hopes up. Keep your head up. Let your faith arise. Your God is, our God is for us. <laughs> you know, he's for us. He's brought us back to life. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Can have ministry team over here if you guys. 
whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance. Um, this is a Sunday where we're, we're launching a conversation on women in God's kingdom. And our time is a little, is a little bit limited today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break what I was going to share with you guys to, this morning into two parts. And I'm going to move uh, the second half of it to next week. And we already had three or four weeks set aside for this conversation about women in God's kingdom. And, and uh, so, I, But I want to make sure that we get this, that this is not just a few s- Sundays about for women. Okay, this is, the, dudes, you got to listen to this. You got to get this into your hearts. This is for us. This is for everybody. Everybody is part and parcel with this conversation of what is God's heart for women in God's kingdom? What is, he, what is his role for them? What is their role within the church? You may have, you may have noticed around here that we endorse women in ministry. Uh, you may have seen that, but uh, we, we are inclusive. You have a, you, my wife and I co-pastor, and don't, don't mistake leadership and pastoring by who's up front. Kate and I co-pastor this church together. Um, I have a gift for teaching that I love to sow into and I love to spend time working on, and that's why I get to stand up here and I'm the one that's standing up here. That doesn't mean that I'm more of a leader because I have a teaching gift. We all operate and function in the gifts that God has given to us, and sometimes we have certain strengths, which this one happens to put me in front quite often. It doesn't make me more of a leader and it doesn't make her less of a leader. It's not how things work. And so I want you to understand that this, this house celebrates women in this church. We celebrate women in leader, leadership. And you may be, um, we also celebrate, just to be clear, we also celebrate the distinctives of individual genders. And, and we're not saying everybody's the same, exactly the same. It's not that. Uh, but we celebrate that. And you might think that we've arrived at this as our, as our culture here by s- simply ignoring some really troubling scriptures and, and, and being like, oh, we, don't, we just want to pretend that that scripture's not even there. And that's how we can do what we do. But that's not how we have arrived here. We're not being rebellious and we're not being flippant with handling God's word. We have studied scripture in this area <clears throat> in depth. What well, we've, we've studied all scripture in all areas in depth, not just this area. We try to study scripture in depth and we have come to this conclusion. We um, are not trying to be hip. We're not trying to be cool. We're not trying to be, as you guys love when I say, progressive. Um, this is not, we're not cutting edge. We want to handle the word and by extension, we want to handle people in the way that Christ models and shows us in his life and in his kingdom. And that's what we're trying to do. Um, there are a lot of churches in this region who do not believe or endorse the view that I'm going to be teaching you guys in the next few weeks. Um, to us, it's not a very controversial issue um, because it doesn't touch on our salvation or the basic tenets of our faith, faith, but it does influence how we walk out the commission. It does influence how we walk out our kingdom and the gifts that he has given to us and the assignment that he's given to us. It, it, it does affect how we reflect Christ to those around us. Um, I want to begin this teaching by saying that I have no, no heart to dishonor other churches in this city or in this valley. That's not why I'm teaching this. I'm teaching this for a baseline for us, okay? This is not about what they're doing out there, and we have it all figured out, and we have it all together here. That is, is not my heart. I am simply laying a groundwork for why we believe what we believe scripturally and why we feel like scripturally we have come to this place where we can operate as a church that is celebrating men 
and women in the fullness of Christ being able to operate in any venue, on any stage, in any classroom, in any place in Christ and doing that. Um, this is about us. It, the last time I taught this series was in 2014. And, and honestly, since that time, we have become a, a different church. There's been a lot of different people that we love that have joined us and, and are on this journey with us. And so this is an opportunity for me to be able to reframe that conversation, not because of what's going on out there, but because of what we're doing here. Um, I will try to keep my soapboxing <laughs> to a minimum on this. I, I, I simply, I, I want to create a common ground for all of us to, to come to, and, uh, but I am passionate about this topic, so there is a balance to this. You guys, I might say some things that sound kind of pointed. I might say some things that are I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about us and, and, and getting this right for us. And I'm not going to pull my punches in the next few weeks. If it sounds like I'm saying something that's specific to another church or to another leader in the city, it's, I, I promise you it's not that. I'm not pulling examples from, from going, oh, that's this and that's that. It's, it's not that. I'm going to use general examples uh, to, to demonstrate why I believe that this is, this is a big deal. Um, because it's not, to me, it's, it's not about calling out other churches or other leaders. It is about calling out a lie that I believe has blanketed the kingdom of God and has affected the way that women are released into the kingdom and the way that men are releasing women into the kingdom. So I'm not about calling out other ministries. I am about calling out a lie, and this lie that I see has potential to do great damage and hold people back from the fullness of who they are in Christ, their identity in Christ, and their authority in Christ. Um, I know churches in this, in this area, I know churches around the world um, that won't allow a woman on the stage at all. Uh, I, I know churches that won't let women on the stage unless they're, they're, they're specifically wearing uh, a dress code that's approved. And, and as long as she isn't teaching anything, or if she is teaching, that, the, that the, what she's teaching has been approved, pre-approved by, by a man. Um, I know churches that'll let, let women teach their kids, but not their adults. I, I know churches that will send women out as missionaries, um, but won't recognize them as leaders when they're home. There are those that allow women to teach, but only other women. Um, or if they're teaching, they, they do it with, with only with male supervision. A covering has to be present. And we, we'll get into some of these in, in future weeks about why these aren't biblical concepts. They're biases. Um, I know of whole denominations or non-denominational denominations um, <laughs> that, would, that would never call a female a pastor, would never ordain a woman and I know of churches that have Bible studies where, where women can be present, but they can't speak during the, the Bible study. Um, I find this kind of stuff deeply troubling. I find it personally. I find it, I mean, candidly, I find it extremely upsetting um, because I don't believe that this is what's endorsed in scripture, in scripture at all. We can't tell people that they share equally in God's image. We can't tell people that they share equally at the foot of the cross, that they're equal in the kingdom of God, that they should cultivate their gifts, that they should cultivate their dreams, that they should cultivate their passions, that they should cultivate their minds equally unless we are prepared and excited to give them equal opportunity to do the things that we are telling them to cultivate in their life. Otherwise, God appears unjust that he would gift you, and he would call you, and he would equip you, and he would anoint you, and then say, you can't do it. And we end up with a picture of a God who is unjust or confusing. So let's, let's jump in here 
and, uh, and remind ourselves that, first of all, historically, as church and as Christians, we can get stuff wrong. Can we all admit that as we look back across history that we can get stuff wrong? History is littered with examples of people pulling out of the Bible certain scriptures and justifying cruelty and injustice and all sorts of bizarre behavior, and we can all do that, and it has happened that we would build a doctrine on, a, on one scripture or two scriptures taken out of, context, on, out of context that is contrary to the overall message of the Bible, and we have the Crusades, we have racism, apartheid in South Africa, Hitler in Germany, slavery in America, segregation, cessationism, the teaching that the Holy Spirit is no longer healing people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, these are all scriptures that the, the Holy Spirit isn't, isn't active today. Uh, these are all examples, and they may seem extreme, but through the centuries, church leaders have distorted the Bible in similar ways to deny women the right to lead, to have authority at home, in their workplaces, and in their churches. They have denied them the right to preach, to teach, to pray publicly, to become pastors, to become ordained, to work in ministry, and to be kingdom leaders. The Bible has also been used to encourage or demand that women not pursue careers other than homemaking and to teach, and they teach that motherhood is woman's only God-ordained calling in life, and that in some cases it is actually through motherhood that you are saved. Ephesians 5.22, we'll tackle this verse in a couple weeks. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. This verse has been used to compel Christian wives to tolerate all types of abuse in the name of biblical submission. 1 Timothy 2.12, 1 Corinthians 4.34-35, they've been used to plant seeds of insecurity and uncertainty in women and have been the root text for all kinds of spiritual abuse. The underlying idea that women are created by God to serve men has produced lies that are repeated Far too often. Women are more fit for cooking, cleaning, and childcare because they have a God given inclination for domestic activities. <laughs> oh, because, because, because woman was created to serve her husband, a godly wife shouldn't pursue a career or place her career ambition above her husband's. Because Eve was given to Adam as his sexual partner, it is the wife's responsibility to fulfill her husband's sexual desire, even if she does not agree with his requests. And a woman is often to blame for her body and her appearance that is causing a man to stumble. In some cases, this is justified punishment and other forms of bullying and things that are much, much worse because it's your fault. I couldn't handle myself. It was because you looked so beautiful. And this, this teaches women to deny their, masculinity, or their femininity and fear it and hide it as if it's something that's unhealthy because it stirs up lust or hunger in men. It's your fault that he can't control himself. These are the kind of lies that have been perpetuated on and on throughout church history. These statements have zero biblical or scientific basis. Women possess a nurturing and protective distinctive that makes them great mothers. But it is a historical and it is a cultural bias, not a spiritual or scientific principle that women are made for certain tasks. 
This type of bias has found a home in the church for far too long and is hidden within its walls and within its teachings, and it is time that we put it to an end. Thank you. It's also time that we put this message (laughs) (coughs) to an end. Let's just stop there. It was an amazing morning. And we're going to let that be a little bit of an intro for where we're going the next few weeks. And, uh, and I believe that there is going to be a powerful release of things that have held people in bondage, lies that have been taught, biases that have been passed off as scripture, that have weighed on us, that have restricted us, and that have held us in chains. All of us, men and women, how we see ourselves, how we see what God wants to and can do through us, and women especially, that you would no longer be laboring under any kind of lie about what God sees in you, what God created in you, what he has for you to do, that you can do the things that he has for you to do anywhere that he asks you to do them. And so this is where we're going to be going after for the next few weeks. And I'm excited to see what Holy Spirit wants to do in the amount of freedom and and hope and joy that he wants to bring as we study these scriptures. I'm not asking you, listen, I'm not asking you just to come along because I said so. The reason we're taking a few weeks is because there's a lot of scriptures that people have had thrown on them that we need to deal with. And I'm not going to play games with these scriptures. I'm telling you, I'm not just going to come and go, well, if you, if you squint and kind of turn your head, it doesn't really say that. I'm going to take you through a process. I'm going to take you through processes of looking at, at context. We have, we have a hermeneutic here, contextual historical. It only means, it can only mean what it was meant, what was meant to be for the person that read it and what they read in that time. So we're, this is how we study the scripture. I'm going to take you guys through that process. We're not playing, we're not, we're not playing fast with these scriptures. Okay? We're not going to ignore them. So I'm inviting you, come back for this whole process. Don't come along and believe me simply because I'm up here and I'm so charismatic. Um, <clears throat> let's go through this and walk this out as a, as a family and as a house. And, uh, and let's be ready as we move to the heart of the city. Let's be ready to release every person that God has called to their full calling, to their full anointing, to be able to do everything that God designed for them to do. Are you guys with me? Yeah. All right. All right. Love you guys. Have an amazing morning. Um, happy Sunday, write testimonies. If you do want more prayer for anything, more prayer for anything, we have ministry team up here. Uh, as you go get your kids, make sure you love on those workers and encourage them. Thank you guys. Have a great Sunday.